Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. You might know me from Sirius XM Radio. I mean, I was there for like 12 years after all. But then Howard Stern allegedly got jealous of me, so I had to leave. I was actually able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and start my own podcast, Taste of Taylor, which is now officially with Dear Media. I'm so excited to say that. Ha! So I promise you in this podcast, you're going to either learn about something, you're going to be inspired by someone that's like always coming from a perspective of like humor, then this is the place for you. I hope you enjoy this little snack. Welcome to Real Pod. It's your host, Victoria Garrick-Brown, and this is the podcast where we hold nothing back. Oh, so we're getting deep, huh? I really cried for 12 days straight. Why do I want to be perfect? There's nothing in my life that is perfect. Every week, I'll bring you honest, unfiltered, and eye-opening conversations to help uncover the real in all of us. I crave the type of content that you're talking about. I actually felt insecure. Oh my God, am I going to cry? Let me just unload everything. (laughs) (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. Leave those filters at the door because it's time to get real. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to RealPod. I have been wanting to interview today's guest for the longest time. We've been trying to plan it via DM. She's really one of my favorite follows. Like when you think about people you follow that you love what they're wearing, you actually click on their links, you buy their stuff, you read their stories. Mary Skinner is one of those people for me. Not only is she beautiful inside and out and posts super cute outfits and has amazing style, but she's incredibly intellectual. She's a mental health advocate. I think she really beats to her own drum and she doesn't stick to the status quo. She's really unique. And I think when someone is unique in a sea of people, I'm guilty of this, trying to go with the flow of like what's trending and what's hot and what's relevant. I really admire Mary for how unique she is. And I just love to follow her. So of course, I wanted to have her on the podcast. You know, she's primarily a lifestyle content creator. She has her own podcast called Prologues, which is a super soothing and nice listen if you want to check it out. She just started it. And I listened to her episode on trusting your intuition. I thought it was great. She has amassed over 2 million followers across social media. So she is definitely known and loved. And I'm super grateful for Mary for coming on RealPod and not only coming on, but flying to LA to have this interview. So Mary, thank you. I love you. You're the best. I do want to let everyone know that we'll discuss sensitive topics such as suicide. So this is a trigger warning. So if that is a sensitive topic to you, I just wanted to give a heads up. Before we get started, I do want to give a shout out. This one goes to Alexa. Hi, Alexa. Alexa left a five-star review titled Comfy. VGB and RealPod is comfy cozy, like you're on the couch with her having important and meaningful conversation. Alexa, thank you so much. I love this. I feel like it perfectly sums up today's conversation. I love it. Mary and I go all over the place and it really feels like you're cozied up on the couch just talking about the deep shit, but having fun with your besties. So thank you, Alexa. And thank you each and every one of you who tune into RealPod. If you want to be the special shout out on next week's episode, you can leave me a review or a rating and it just really helps out the show in general. So super appreciate it. Without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Mary Skinner.
Mary, welcome to RealPod. I'm so glad. We've been DMing about this for like over a year. I know. It's been a long time coming. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I'm pumped to have you. We're coming off of a lunch. Mm -hmm. I thought it was so... It doesn't usually happen where a guest is like, I'd love to get lunch and kind of like get to know you a bit beforehand. Do you feel like you're someone who likes to kind of break the ice or Mm -hmm. is it like a trust thing? I also know you don't go on a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I honestly, I'm just such an introvert that it helps me so much to have a little bit of rapport with someone before we dive into something like this. But no, lunch was so fun. I had such a good time. I feel like we connect. No, we do. I feel like we're so similar. I'm glad that you feel that way because (laughs) as I was prepping for this, I was listening to prologues. Shout out to Mary's pod. I love it. Thank you. It's so calming. Mm. I'm hoping that's probably one of your goals. Yeah, which is great because I feel anxious when recording it because I want it to be good. Yeah. So that's really nice to hear. I also, do you feel like when you started, you realized what your voice actually sounded like? Am I a narcissist for being like, I have a good podcasting voice? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think you do have a good one. I just didn't know what I sounded like. Yeah. Maybe I think that now because it's been so long that I've listened to so many of my episodes that like you have to like it at this point. But I know in the beginning I would say totally a lot and I said like a lot more. Mm -hmm. I think I would talk a little higher and faster. And now I'm trying to set in and Mm -hmm. be more aligned with the moment I'm in. Yeah, I did that. The voice thing. I did that when I started TikTok because I wanted the videos to be engaging. And so I feel like I made my voice was higher pitched and like more energetic. But actually, I like now speak so chilly. And I yeah, which I love, especially because my base is the high frequency. (laughs) But I was going to say I was listening and there was an episode where you said something like you're really big on energy. And you said Mm -hmm. even when friends will come with like glowing reviews or people be like, you'll love this person. You'll still be like, nope. Something was off. I felt it in the air. I felt it in the air. And nothing against the person either. Like, it can be a great person. And I just know their energy and my energy are not going to align. Which is why I'm so glad that you said that our energies align. <laughs> I literally was listening to that yesterday. Like, oh, fuck. I better come in with no. not anxious energy. <laughs> our energies align. Okay, great. Do. Great. But speaking of energies, you're someone who's, like, very intuitive. I feel like you're connected to your body, like mind, body, soul, mm-hmm. it's giving connected. <laughs> is that an appropriate read? And has it always been that way? Well, I love, thank you so much. That feels very complimentary because I do try to be so mindful. I feel like in the last year, especially mindfulness has become one of the biggest things in my life that I strive for because I spend so much time in my own head and I feel like I've gotten to know myself really well. But at first that was very uncomfortable And I feel like when you start to practice mindfulness, you might confront things about yourself that you don't love. But by sitting with it and by being really honest with yourself, you're able to know yourself even more. You're able to constantly evolve. So if I come across as grounded, which is so nice, thank you, it's because I try to, I genuinely try to like sit with myself in silence so much and like figure out who I am and like what direction I want to take. Okay, we need to talk about this because even (laughs) last night, it was like I had an hour to kill before Max got home. And I just was scrolling thinking, like, put the phone down. But mm-hmm. then when I did, so then I was like holding it and I turned it away from my face. I'm like, let's just disconnect the <laughs> eyes to the blue screen. Yeah. And then I'm there like, well, what do I do now? And mm-hmm. I feel like it's easier and it takes less work to scroll and to, mm-hmm. you know, like distract yourself. And it is harder to sit in the silence and it's actually like, what's going to come up, you know? One of my favorite quotes when I was a teenager was this one that said, I can't pronounce the guy's name because it's French. It's like Jean-Paul Sartre or something. But the quote is, if you're lonely when you're alone, then you're in bad company. And I internalized that as a teenager because if I don't like spending time with myself, if I need constant distraction, why? Why do I make my, why am I not good company? So I always try to internalize that and reflect Mm -hmm. on it so much and just be like, am I being good company to myself? And if I'm not, then I have to work on that. Yeah, that's I love quotes. I'm a quotes girl, too. Like, I do like being with myself. I don't hate myself at all. I like myself, which is fun to say. I think there's times where you don't like yourself. So it's it's a win. But sometimes it's like the mental fatigue of like Mm -hmm. the work and there's so much to do and to recover and like Mm -hmm. be better. And I know you've had a long road yourself from how early on in your life did you begin struggling with mental illness? Twelve. 12. And was that like triggered by anything or in the family? So there's a little bit of family history that comes from my, yeah, my grandparents on both sides. I started struggling when I was 12. I didn't get diagnosed till I was 21. So it was really up and down for a long time. Like I, I've only been diagnosed for like four years, which feels crazy. 
when I was 12, I don't know if it was maybe things from my childhood. I grew up in a really, really toxic, high control religious environment and I was homeschooled and my family is like a little bit unusual. My parents are big hippies, like we grew up in the woods. And so those parts I love, like that wasn't childhood trauma. But with the religious environment that really shaped my brain growing up, and I think when I was 12, not only did I grow through tons of hormonal shifts, which can also affect your brain health, and like sometimes mental illnesses can develop after you like go through those hormonal shifts. Mm-hmm. But I also started to become a little bit more aware of the situation that I was in, and I tried, I was like trying to get out of it a little bit. And I think that brought on a lot. I also, I think about this myself all the time. I wonder if there's something that, happened in my life that if it didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And I have no idea. I can barely remember my life before I struggled with mental illness. I've also, I don't remember like entire years of my teenage years because I've either I've repressed them or like depression can actually make you lose memories. And I, there's like chunks of my life that I simply, I don't know what I was doing or anything. I feel so grateful that I was able to get diagnosed, that I was able to start evolving and healing. I started working with a trauma therapist earlier this year for the first time, like a specifically trauma-informed therapist, like the best thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And that's another instance where like when you work with a trauma therapist, you have to sit with yourself. You have to confront such ugly and harsh realities about yourself. You have to look at your behaviors and realize that came from a wounded place and that's toxic and I need to work on that. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a journey. The spotty memory thing is so real and I haven't really heard it verbalized that way Mm -hmm. before but I feel like when I reflect on you know the harder times I've had in my life with mental health specifically in college even like with my binge eating or with depression I'll get questions like the book that you love like how did you come across it or who did this or when and I'm like I don't know all I can really remember is when I was graduating and I was starting to speak publicly and share like at that time I like wrote down the story And it's Mm -hmm. weird that as the years have gone on, like, that's kind of all that I know. Like, the Mm -hmm. blanks are, like, gone for me. My best friend and I were living together, and we we were both, like, (laughs) it was a dark time for us in our small, small apartment with little twin beds next to each other. And both of us are like, it's such a blur. Yeah, no, for me, it's mainly teenage years. But then also, same, I had some really rock bottoms in college and, like, the year after I graduated— And I had like a full like psychiatric breakdown in 2019 before I got diagnosed. I know what I have like photos from then. I have archived Instagram posts. I have journal entries, but sometimes I'll go back and read them. Like I'll read my journal entries and I'm like, I don't remember it being that bad. (laughs) Like I have fully suppressed that. Fall is here and the right shoes are crucial for fall weather and your fall wardrobe. Okay. And I've been so excited about the fall wardrobe. So got to make sure you have those cute boots, those cute booties. And Bionic has the best curated styles to get you in the summer mood and on your way wherever the season takes you. So whether you are looking for the perfect booty to wear to work, a comfortable heel to wear to Thanksgiving dinner, Bionic offers shoes for every day, all day, and every occasion. If you're looking for a comfortable black kitten heel, which always plays, I mean, it's a closet staple, the Jacinda kitten heel is super cute. It has over 132 reviews. And this heel, along with all of Ionic's other heels, are made with their exclusive Viomotion technology. It's what truly sets them apart. Bionic began by revolutionizing medical orthotics, and they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day. It is an absolute non-negotiable for me for my shoes to have arch support. And that's why I love Bionic because I know no matter what shoes I'm ordering from their website, my feet are going to feel that comfort and support. Also, Bionic has a 30-day risk-free trial. So wear them, love them, or return for a full refund within 30 days if you're not satisfied for any reason. Head to www.bionicshoes.com and use code REALPOD15 at checkout for 15% off your first order. That's REALPOD15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.bionicshoes.com. 
if you're going to be traveling and looking for a great place to stay, look no further than Weston. Weston hotels make it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. They have signature offers like a variety of fitness options. So if you're trying to keep working out on the road, you can get that in. I know for me, I've got a really good physical fitness routine in person at home right now. But when I go on the road, that's often where I'm not moving my body as much as I would like to or that my body would like to be moving. So just knowing that at Weston. They have so many different fitness options to help you no matter what your wellness routine is, is amazing. And they have state-of-the-art equipment in their Weston workout fitness studios. They also have three and five mile scenic running maps, making it easy for you to find the best route to explore on foot. I always need to go out for fresh air on a walk, no matter what hotel or where I'm staying just to get out of the room and like out of whatever I'm doing on the trip. So I would for sure be getting this run map if I was staying at Weston, but I would run it. I'd probably walk it. Let's be real. But still, the map would be clutch. Not to mention, customize your workout while on the go with the Hyperice and Bala products to borrow during your stay. I mean, Hyperice, wow. The former athlete in me is like big Hyperice fan. Find wellness on your next stay at Weston because at Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well and sleep well so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next stay at Weston. That's another thing, though, is with mental health issues uh-huh. or a mental illness, I think we can think back on. I do this all the time with the trauma in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not trauma. And then I'm like, if anyone no. read this sentence yeah. on a piece of paper, they'd be like, holy fuck. But yeah. you convince yourself it's not a thing. Yeah, I struggle with invalidating my own experiences a lot because I don't I don't want things to be that bad, you know? I don't want to confront that. But then yeah, I specifically journals for me. I've been journaling for most of my life. Not every day or like constantly, but I have journals from different years of my life and I'll go back and I'll look at them and I'll be like, oh, it wasn't that bad." And then it's like a suicide note and I'm like, "Holy shit." Oh gosh, had you written those? Oh uh, yeah, I had two attempts in college. And at that time, had you been diagnosed? No. So you're even feeling like, did you feel like because you didn't have a diagnosis and you didn't know what was going on, it was more like you couldn't understand what was wrong? Well, okay, let me say this. I didn't have a, a formal, like my real diagnosis. I had been misdiagnosed with a few things on and off, and but I wasn't on medication. So when I was a teenager, I my parents put me in therapy when I was either 15 or 16. I think 15 because they were like oh we're concerned like you're <laughs> we're a little worried about you and they weren't like just the, the church will do it that so and, and a thing that I talk to my therapist a lot about is the ability to hold two truths at once and those two truths are my family I love my family they're incredible my parents modeled things for us in the home that I love I love that they did it was healthy and that's true and also the environment that we were in was teaching a different message. And I couldn't ignore that because I was growing up in it. And there was a big juxtaposition, I think, sometimes between things that were modeled in my home and things that were modeled in our community. In the religious environment, it was definitely like, well, if you're depressed, then if you have enough faith and you're a good enough Christian, then God will just heal you. And there are so many (laughs) memories that I do have. I remember like either in church or just in my childhood bedroom growing up, like sobbing on the floor of my bedroom, not knowing what was going on in my head or like why I couldn't feel normal. Just like sobbing and begging God to like take this away, like fix it. I'll do anything. Like I'll do anything you want me to. Just like, please take it away. And that's not how that works. Yeah. So yeah, I knew as a teenager though that I wanted to get out of that environment and I started, it's called deconstruction. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm -mm. Okay, so it's called deconstructing basically it's exactly what it sounds like deconstructing like the the beliefs that you were taught in your entire worldview like when you grow up in that kind of environment it shapes your entire worldview you basically have to dismantle every single thing you know about yourself and start from the ground up i can't even imagine when i see those documentaries mm-hmm. and they're told that god can hear your thoughts holy mother of like i would oh yeah you never feel like you're alone god is omniscient so he knows everything and he's omnipotent so he can do anything so the way that I internalized that growing up was thinking, okay, well, God knows exactly what I'm going through and he can do everything. So why do I still have it? It must be because I'm a bad person and I don't deserve to have this taken away. So I kind of feel like my life didn't start until I was 18 because that's when I was able to get out of, I like moved away from my hometown. I went to college. I started deconstructing. I feel like my life didn't start until then almost because that's when I was able to become a person on my own terms Mm -hmm. almost. 
So yeah, I would be like crying on my bedroom floor, begging for that to be taken away. So my parents put me in therapy when I was 16 because, or 15, I'm not sure. See, I cannot it's remember. Fine. Sometime they put you in, right? <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh, we're a little concerned about you. And then I was diagnosed with depression because it was kind of easy. And I, they said I had like anger issues. And then they said I had seasonal affective disorder. And then at the time, I, from ages like 12 to 21, I had a bad eating disorder. Then in college, I saw another therapist because I was having breakdowns constantly. And she said, I can't help you. Your issues are too serious. You need to see someone outside of, it was like a, a college therapist. Mm-hmm. She's like, you need to see someone else. Obviously I couldn't afford that. So then I didn't. And then in 2019, I had like a major breakdown and my friends and family were like, you need help. So I started seeing a therapist again. And then I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder and I finally started medication. And within a couple of weeks of starting the medication, I realized, oh, this must be right because I feel awake for the first mm-hmm. time in like years. Yeah. When you were in college and you mentioned you had that psychotic Psy- break. Like psychiatric breakdown. Were yeah. you put into a treatment center? No, I the thing about me is that I feel like I mask a lot and I haven't even really realized that until this year working with a trauma therapist. I think I masked so well and I'm also, I was very high functioning. I was an academic validation girly. I would like make lists for myself in the morning to-do lists because the only thing that got me through each task I had to do was crossing it off of my to-do list. But it would be things like opening my eyes and getting out of bed, walking to the bathroom, brushing my teeth because I was so low that even those tasks had to be broken down into the smallest increments because that's how difficult being like conscious was for me. I wasn't put into a center. I have thought about it before, though. Even like semi-recently, I was like, maybe it would be good for me to, yeah. But never formally. Like I said, I had two attempts. I guess that would have been grounds (laughs) for admission. (laughs) But no, I didn't. After your first attempt, did your family? Oh, they didn't know. Oh, they didn't know. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't tell my family that until a couple of years later. Wow. Yeah. So you really were so I function. I mean, yeah, you kept that completely to yourself. Did your roommate or your friends know? Mm-hmm. A roommate did. I remember that first time. No, actually, that okay. This was the second time. I remember I went to like this. I had that moment. And then the next day I went to like a friend's birthday party and I was posting on Instagram being like, time of my life, give me in my cute outfit. Like, wow, I just didn't acknowledge that happened. These two things happened within eight months of each other. And I just fully refused to think about it again for like years. Yeah, I just refused to accept that I had attempted those things. Knowing you now and seeing how you are, I don't know if like someone had given me a multiple choice of like what's Mary's past (laughs) if I would have ever thought that like that would be your story but it goes to show how two things like one we don't know anyone's background anything that they're going through anything Mm -hmm. they've dealt with we really don't and then two how you can be at the absolute lowest place and then be able to be where you are now and I think that is the piece that lights me up so much about mental health in this conversation is because I want to validate the shitty and like the low, low, low place Mm -hmm. and have seen so many people be able to turn it around. Mm -hmm. I will say getting a diagnosis that was accurate, going on medication, I would be dead without that. Like, I mean, I almost was dead before that. So those things changed my life completely. I can't even express. I also think for bipolar, I'm not, it's not more serious than depression. I'm not like going to compare symptoms or like the seriousness of it but they present differently and they work differently in your head. I think for bipolar people, especially like you need a different kind of support just because the symptoms are so different. I just had this conversation with a psychologist friend of mine. They're incredibly, I mean, bipolar, you're experiencing, I don't want to speak like incorrectly, but there is an element, at least the people in my life I've seen this in, Mm -hmm. depending on the mania, it can be almost like hallucination. Mm -hmm. So bipolar type one has really intense manic symptoms. I'm bipolar type two, which tends to be like a little bit more on the depressive side, but I've had many manic episodes. But yeah, I mean, some people are like hospitalized because of mania because you just have delusions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So medication can really help manage that. When you received and accepted this diagnosis, Mm -hmm. what were the 
connotations and beliefs you had around being bipolar because we have yeah. so misunderstood it. Oh, I did not want to be bipolar. It wasn't even the first time a therapist had brought it up to me. I had ghosted two therapists ghosted. in the past. <laughs> yeah, I fully ghosted two therapists in the past because they didn't. I wasn't like being diagnosed, but they brought up bipolar and they were like, some of your symptoms seem reminiscent of that. And I was like, well, I'm not bipolar. That's crazy. Like, mm. Because I had a very negative internalized perception of it. I think the word you use crazy is the word like that's what mm -hmm. people think they think if you're bipolar you're crazy yeah. and why no one wants to identify as crazy that's the stigma I'll be honest though and this is so personal I completely get if no one else feels this way about their mental health sometimes I like to jokingly call myself crazy because it makes me feel like it makes me feel more valid sometimes because yeah. I'll be going through like a thought spiral or in a mental health moment and because I'm, I'm kind of used to it, so I'll convince myself that this is just who I am. Like, as a person, this is who I am. But then if I get to a point where I can look back, I can laugh and I'll be like, oh, that was so crazy of me. <laughs> but I get like, I know if no one else wants to think that way about themselves. I literally sometimes call my medication my crazy pills because it makes me laugh and it makes it like yeah. less serious for me. <laughs> I love that. How, so when you say you look back, yeah. how do you recognize the symptoms occurring or that like, I don't know if the term spiraling mm -hmm. in this sense is mm -hmm. insensitive, but like, can you tell when an episode of sorts is going to come on or recognize yeah. patterns? I can now through a lot of work in therapy and just, I think, growing up and like more experience with it, like going through it more times before I definitely couldn't. Now, I can't tell that an episode is about to happen, but I feel like I become aware of them while I'm in them mm. sometimes. Whereas I used to only recognize an episode had happened well after the fact, like after I started coming out of it. Yeah. What's been the biggest thing in your like everyday life that's helped? Because as a like consumer of your content, I love your stuff. Literally, Stop. I told I love you like, your stuff. I oh, keep up. I watch your stories. I keep up with you. Wait, <laughs> when you link something, I'm, I'm literally like your number one LDK fan. Like I thought my whole closet <laughs> is like Mary Commission. It seems so put together like mm -hmm. I think that's why I'm like attracted to it in a sense is it's like I like the way it looks I want to emulate that and like have my hair feel good and my skin look glowy mm -hmm. and like everything you do just seems like it smells good Does that make <laughs> sense? <laughs> thank you so then to think that we contrast that with something maybe below the surface inside of you that like isn't fully buttoned up mm -hmm. well I think part of that probably is masking too I've always been pretty high functioning. I feel like people hear the word high functioning and they think that means that I think I'm better at being mentally ill than other people. I, and it's not. I don't think that. I, yeah. I I was high functioning depressed. Like I yeah. literally did. I did the bare minimum to be a division one student athlete at a top university, but I was yeah. depressed, but I did it. Yeah. Where some people who are depressed can't get out of bed. Yeah. I graduated summa cum laude in three years. And I also tried to kill myself twice. Mary, don't like, make me laugh at that. <laughs> you said it as a joke. <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't. Like, yeah, I can look back and I'm like, that was so crazy. <laughs> like, I was being Delulu. I was being so Delulu. But no, again, I'm not here to compare struggles at all. I would say I don't think being high functioning has served me at all. Mm. I think it stopped me from getting help a lot because it makes me invalidate my own experiences because I'm like oh god it can't be that bad because look I'm succeeding at things and then loved ones also are unable to really yeah. maybe I'll, mm -hmm. it's impossible for anyone that's not you to really know what's going on but it can hide it way more so that mm -hmm. they would never even think that that is something that could happen yeah. it's been an interesting journey with my husband actually so this is like one of the green flags that I saw in my husband early on I had just gotten diagnosed maybe four months before we started dating. Mm. And I knew that I had to tell him. And I didn't know how because bipolar is a scary sounding word. And there are so many negative perceptions of it. And I was so I was nervous to tell him. I was like, this might I don't know. It was two weeks after our first date. And I didn't know if he was going to hear that and be scared off. I didn't think he would be. I, I had like observed him interacting with some of his friends who had you know, mental health struggles. And I saw him being supportive and like, I I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how he's going to take it. One of my initial green flags as I shared that with him and his only reaction was like, oh, like one of my best friends from back home is bipolar. Like, great guy. I love him. And that was it. And that made me feel so safe and so comfortable being myself. Because like, you know, you're in a close relationship with someone that's going to come up. Like, yeah. Your mental health is going to, it's like the third person in the room sometimes. 
And I actually had this heartfelt moment with that friend of his from back home when I was over there in Scotland. We were like all pre-gaming to go out. And you know, when you're like that perfect level where you're like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna share <laughs> something. I'm gonna right share now. something yeah. right now. So me and his friend were we both had gone to the kitchen to like get water. And I was like, little tipsy. I was like, I just have to tell you. I was like, I credit my relationship with Matt going like off on a good start because of you. Aww. Because he lived with you and he like learned that bipolar people are just people mm-hmm. and he learned like not to be afraid of that word and because of that like because of his experiences with you I feel like he got me so much faster and I was like tearing up like telling this guy I was like I, I feel like I owe you everything that's so sweet it was a good moment little did he know that his relationship and his struggles would then impact like literally the love of his roommate's life and their relationship I know isn't that crazy you never know like who's watching or like who you're helping almost fully even in like your personal you don't have to be an influencer to do that either like this is a a, you know an offline quote-unquote real life situation too and I think that that is one of the biggest keys to this whole life thing that we often miss because it doesn't seem like the big grandiose like posted on LinkedIn type of achievement but like just living an authentic life inspires someone and then has a domino effect. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I've felt like I've been trying to tap into more, Mm -hmm. you know, like even if it's as small as I was in an Uber the other day and I wasn't supposed to be in that Uber because I was supposed to be home, but my flight got canceled Mm -hmm. and I was like starving. I was like, can we please go to Taco Bell? Like I'll add a stop. And I was like, and you can get whatever you want. It was like this man. I mean, he could not believe that I got him anything he wanted from Taco Bell. Like, I don't know his life story. And maybe I'm trying to, maybe now I'm like trying to play it off. Like, I'm so righteous. Like, I saved a man's life by buying a Taco Bell. (laughs) But part of me is just like, I don't know his story. Like, what if no one had done anything nice for him for a month? Like, and it could be nothing. Like, life is what we, what story we want to tell ourselves about it. But no, if you bought me Taco Bell, I'd be like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, You know, and then something else that you mentioned is when you told Matt and he was like, yeah, you know, he was very calm about it. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. Like, and next. It was like a non-issue. That is also powerful. I've noticed that with my friends, you want to talk to people and tell them things and not have them be like, oh my God, like, Mm -hmm. are you okay? Like, you want to feel like you're just Mm -hmm. met at the same level of, okay, like, and or how can I help? And yeah, I love to show up that way for my people. And I think it shows yeah. a lot about people who show up that way for others. Yeah, no, like I said, one of my first green flags. I agree because I just felt like I didn't have to make it a big deal. Not because it wasn't serious, because it is a serious health condition, but mm-hmm. because I didn't have to be anxious about being myself and like letting that side of myself be seen. But I'm sure like you probably relate to this as well. When you're in a long-term relationship, because we're both married, you do have to learn how to navigate your mental health with a partner nearby. That was a lot for me to learn how to do. I like I once made a TikTok where I said, sometimes, you know how cats hide when they get sick because cats mm-hmm. don't like to be around other people when they're sick. That is me. Like if I am going through a moment, I want to be myself and then emerge back into the world when like everything's all better. You, It's hard to do that when you live with someone and like you're intimately yeah. sharing your life on so many levels with your person. And I really had to learn how to allow myself to be seen. And I still struggle with that sometimes. Not because he... Like, he's perfect about it, but because I struggle with being seen. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I love therapy. I literally went yesterday. I look so forward to it, especially when I'm going through something in my life that I'm struggling with and I need help finding the answers. However, whether you're also going through something and you're looking for answers or you're simply navigating your environment at work or communication with friends and family or just figuring out what is the right path for you in life. It turns out that a great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. And therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of those negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Also, if you've been thinking about it and mulling it over, please consider this the words of encouragement and sign you've been looking for that you can do this and talking to someone 
really, really does help. I'm speaking from personal experience. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash realpod today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, better, H-E-L-P.com slash realpod to get 10% off your first month today. I'm the opposite to you in that if I'm going through something or having a revelation, I want everyone to know and I want to tell everyone. <laughs> but I think the biggest thing I've had to learn when it comes to mental health and being in a relationship with and around someone else all the time is the changes that I'm making or that I want to do, like I can't force that on him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I want to be on my phone less or I want to read or I want to mm-hmm. meditate more, like I can't make him do exactly the same things I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't necessarily need to, you know? That's the crazy. I was just going to say, Matt is so mentally healthy. And sometimes I'll watch him in his day-to-day life. And I'm like, people live like this? This is crazy. (laughs) Matt doesn't have to impose like super strict boundaries around his time on social media because it doesn't make him feel bad. I'm so glad you said this. Okay, because I posted something about having no boundaries with my phone. And you were like, girl, I have a million boundaries. We can talk about it. So let's do that now. And... You had mentioned to me when we were walking in here that you compare yourself a lot to other people, Mm -hmm. which I'm kind of shocked by. I know I shouldn't be because every human compares, Mm -hmm. but I almost feel like the way I view like your profile and your what you're doing is you're like on an island doing you and beating to your own drum. And it's so original and it's so authentic. And then I almost envy it because I feel like I'm on the other island, like in the swarm of keep up with the rat race. And it feels like you're not. It's interesting that you say that because that's what I compare because I also feel like I'm on an island and that's what I struggle with feeling bad about. Whoa. Because so I am based just outside of Washington, D.C., like 10 minutes from the White House. And that's not really an influencer city. It's not really a place. I don't know a ton of people in this industry. I don't really go to events. I've been on like two brand trips, which is, I mean, so, I mean, I'm not like saying that's nothing. I was so happy to go on them. Yeah. But I'm not someone who is always at events or like always going on trips or who knows a ton of people who is constantly doing collaborations. I feel like I am disconnected from this industry. And sometimes I love it because I feel like it protects my peace Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm able to really be myself. Sometimes I really dislike it though. I feel like I'm not doing well enough because no one's excluding me, but I feel excluded. Isn't it wild that I look at that with envy like it's a beautiful <laughs> thing and you look at it with being a little self-conscious, like, should mm-hmm. I change it? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it is. It is like what works for everyone. But sometimes yeah. I think about the creators I see that are like that. And I imagine like they're not on a plane every weekend. They're not. And and they get mm-hmm. to kind of wake up and create a beautiful video that feels really on par with them and like I'm running around like crazy and I haven't posted in three days because I feel like I've had no time like Mm -hmm. and then I'm like why am I doing this to myself I could unplug if I want to Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like when you become a creator which is a job that we both love the lesson you have to learn is like self-management yeah and I never had to manage myself before I struggle with that and also for anyone in any profession we compare to what we see our friends doing or what we see happening in another company or like happening online. Mm -hmm. And then we feel like inadequate about where we are. Mm -hmm. I compare myself to people older than me a lot. I've noticed that because like I said, it was an, I was like an academic validation girly. I just, I've always been very ambitious, which is funny because at the same time I would be in these split mindsets all the time, especially in college where at one point I'd be like, there's no way I'm making it like to the next year. That's just not happening. I simply can't do it. And then on the other hand, I'd be like, I need to accomplish everything. Right. I'm going to go so far. It's like weird how I would live in those two spaces simultaneously all the time. Now I'm happy living. <laughs> Thank God. And now I compare my journey to people who are much older than me because I think I need to be there mm. for some reason. And something like I preach all the time is like recognizing that you have so much time. But that's I preach it because I have to tell myself that I will compare myself to people who are five years ahead in their career than I am you know five years older than me who've been in this space for much longer and I'm like why am I not doing that why am I not at that level which is nuts why like you have to be so comfortable with taking things at your own pace but I struggle with it all the time Mm -hmm. I just am constantly reminded I know this but like we don't know how people are feeling or thinking based on like Mm -hmm. what we see on their Instagram you know yeah and I try to find the balance between always being 
vulnerable because I always want to be authentic. And also, yeah, literally protecting my peace and my boundaries. They're so important to me. So that's another thing. So this yeah. is key. So the boundaries. Yeah. I mean, did you sit down and write them on a list? Which I wouldn't be surprised because I know you love your journaling. <laughs> I, I, you should see my notes app. Oh I make lists for literally everything. I would love to see it. I'm obsessed with, I put notes, I have a big <laughs> notes app, but it's very chaotic and disorganized. But I think I've been someone who's worn her heart on her sleeve and been very mm -hmm. vulnerable and open and honest. And I've had a few things happen in my life in the past two years that like, I just can't share. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of opened this door of like, oh, what is that like to have things the world doesn't know about? Mm -hmm. And also, do I want everyone knowing about everything? Or is that a slogan I branded myself with when I was 20? And now you feel like you have to live up to yeah, it. Yeah, now I'm 26 and I don't want to share everything. Yeah. So I think when I started social media, I was a lot more open. And then I realized that allowing people access to every single part of my life there's pros and cons. The pro is that that does genuinely help people. That does really help people. But it was making me so much worse. And I can't show up to be helpful to other people if doing so constantly about everything is making me worse and worse and worse. Was it making you worse because of the numerous feedback you're getting on the personal things or because you're having to recall and relive the things that you're saying to then help people? Both, okay. for sure. Even positive feedback. I was having this conversation with a friend the other day I was saying anything in my life that I'm getting a lot of feedback from from people who don't intimately know me, whether it's positive or negative, I don't think is a healthy thing for me. And I think maybe it's surprising when I've said this to other people that I also don't like a lot of positive feedback. I heard this quote once. I think it was literally from Harry Styles. And he was saying, but some of the best advice he's ever gotten is that he can't believe everything people say about him. So people say he's the worst person ever. He can't believe it. But also if people say he's the best person ever. He can't believe that either. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it became that for me. I felt like people were responding so positively to me being so vulnerable, which it was encouraging me to do it more. And I could tell that it was helping people, which made me want to do it more. And because people, I don't know, it's like a balance because people were resonating with so much. And I, I want to be that. I want my my content to be that. But then what is that training my brain into doing? Is that like training my brain to feel like I have to share because it's even if it doesn't serve me? I don't know. I, I walk that line every day and I'm still figuring it out. What about when it comes to consuming social media? Oh, I have so many boundaries. <laughs> I do, love do, boundaries. Do tell because <laughs> I'm looking to make big changes. Okay. I've been on a crazy mute rage right now yes oh everyone's God, at risk of being button. muted by me i love the mute button sometimes when I, I see someone like hasn't like engaged in my profile i'm like i'm like oh they fucking muted me i'm like but i'm doing it too <laughs> yeah so i do have to say like i'm not perfect at this i get sucked into the content cycle like all the time but it's something i'm very conscious of especially in the last like year and a half so a couple things i love to mute even if it's not someone who makes me feel bad if it's right. just someone who's not providing any value to me but you know what I thought about the other day sorry to cut you off about this but no, like, no. I was talking to a friend like I don't need to know everything <laughs> about like I, I'm just making up a name Polly Smith's life <laughs> I don't do I think they're a nice person and we've met and now we follow each other yeah but I don't need to know everything about their life and mm -hmm. the time that I then spend on the mm -hmm. hundred people who are just like that that aren't my close family friends they don't inspire me they don't add value mm -hmm. it is so many minutes of my day like I, mm -hmm. I fear that on my deathbed, someone will be like, and this is how much time you spent consuming the lives of people who added nothing to you and you're not close with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think about that all the time. It's also so weird how the follow and, and or not following is like social currency now. I follow everyone. I just want to be nice. And I and so I follow so many it people. It literally feels rude to unfollow someone, even if you haven't spoken to them in 10 years. It feels rude to not follow someone back because it's like being mutual to someone is like social currency. Right. But then I just mute. Right. Well, so that's why I'm you too. Because I'm, I don't want to unfollow. I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. But then why do we not. feel like that? Because it would hurt my feelings if someone unfollowed me. Like, how would you even tell? Actually, that's not true. I spoke. Sometimes I say things that are what I, the old version of me would have said, but yeah. the, or they're not like actually how I feel now. I get that. I would love the challenge of if someone had followed me and me needing to accept mm. 
that rejection. I think there's power in that. Like that's reality. Not everyone's going to want to consume everything that you do. Although yeah. there are some follows that I have that if they unfollowed, I would ugly <laughs> cry. I got like the coolest follow the other day. I can't say it into the ether. Well, that's so annoying. Christiana, do you think I can say it on the pod? Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's a no for my producer. But you guys will know one day before I die. I promise. <laughs> no. no. So fast. I've definitely screenshotted a few follow notifications. Right. I get it. And I actually get anxious thinking about searching to see if they still follow. Because if they no, followed do and then unfollowed, I would. That's why I don't want to unfollow anyone. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Yeah, I get that because I'm also I'm over here being like, why do I feel that way? That's so wrong. But I also fully am doing it, too. Yeah. I also don't like to unfollow. Okay, so we're very conscious about what we're consuming. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind saying that because I feel like I provide value in my content. If someone wants to unfollow me or meet me, that's fine. But I think at least I'm speaking from a place of I try to create value. So I'm trying to consume value. I'm not offended when people unfollow me in terms of like my audience. And I sometimes I'll encourage it because I'm like, if I'm not serving you, then, you know, go find someone else who does. I'm not saying that in like a petty way or like a bitter way. I'm like, no, literally, like I'm not providing any value to you or any entertainment or anything or any form of escapism or or whatever you're looking for. I'm not offended if you go somewhere else. I don't know. I'm I'm like halfway there. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we have boundaries around what we consume. You can also mute on TikTok, you can press, what is it, see less of this mm. or not interested yeah, in this topic. Yeah, I do the not interested. Yeah, so I do that. What about usage and time? You seem to read a lot of books. <laughs> so that would mean less social, right? <laughs> I feel like saying that makes me like, oh my God, I'm such a reader. No, like, but you are. You I do like You are to in the best way. Like you're a reader. Like you're yeah. like, I read these many books. I'm like, oh fuck. I'm like, I can't even finish this one book I'm reading. So I check my screen time every Sunday when you get the notification and I check how much time I've spent on each app. And if it's too much, then I go forward into the next week being like that was too much. I have the time limit on Instagram. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Sometimes I just ignore that. What What are the numbers? I try not to spend, I feel like it sounds like no, but, so much, like an hour is, a day on Instagram. Are you kidding me? That's nothing. It sounds like so my much. screen time is dead ass nine hours a day on my phone. Something well, like that. Yeah, but you work on your phone. So yeah, that's but, all right. Yeah, but, but you do too. Yeah. But if I'm like spending eight hours a day on my phone, but four hours are on TikTok, I'm not working. Like yeah. that's just me scrolling. Okay, you're right. Yeah. I maybe should I have this thing where I'm afraid to see things because like <laughs> the way that I'm afraid to see what I weigh. You don't want to know. I'm afraid to see if people unfollow me. I'm afraid to check my screen time. I was telling you at lunch, yeah. I'm afraid to like open an email or a text message for something that I know is spicy or difficult yeah. or a hard conversation. I'm always like, eh. like, yeah, but I love confrontation. So that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how those mix and match. No, I get it. I kind of, I just like to know stats about myself, I think. So I like going on my screen time and checking yeah. my time I spend on each one and then going forward with that knowledge and let me like I do this because I know if I don't I will feel like shit yeah I don't do this because I think I'm enlightened or I think I'm better than other people I do it because if I don't I will have a mental breakdown so this is like one of my you know how sometimes self-care has to be difficult Mm -hmm. people talk about self-care and it's like bubble baths and face masks which have a place and they're important for me the most effective self-care is actually doing things that are really hard and I don't want to do them at all. Mm-hmm. But forcing myself to have social media boundaries is one of the only ways that I stay like functioning insane. You're completely correct that maintaining happiness is mm-hmm. difficult. That has been one of my biggest revelations just doing this podcast and having all these amazing conversations I'm lucky to have is the people that are the happiest are putting so much intentional, mindful work into mm-hmm. maintaining and cultivating the happiness. The easier thing is to be unconscious, let the ego mm-hmm. mind run wild and like fall into the old patterns. Mm-hmm. The harder thing to do is to maintain the discipline and to do something for yourself when you're not feeling like doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will also write in my daily planner if I spent too much time on my phone the day before and I'll note how it made me feel. I need to do that. It just feels so much work. That's like what I just said. So I'm like, yeah. But here's the thing. I think you can only do so much at once. And I think I'm currently in a state of deep thinking. Every single day I'm thinking about the way I'm communicating with people and how I can Mm -hmm. handle things better. Max and I got into a little argument actually the other night. And I feel like I was in the right. I slept on it, woke up, talked to my friend and I was fully valid. And I still was like, and how could I have been better in it though? Yeah. Because- there's always a way. And so I think Mm -hmm. for me, like that's the big thing I'm working on right now is Mm -hmm. the internal reflection on how I'm communicating with other people. And then like, I'll get to the journaling. right? (laughs) (laughs) While still giving yourself grace for when like you mess it up because we all mess it up. Right. Mess it up all the time. Right. I think if I had one piece of advice 
for how to redefine boundaries social media. And again, why would anyone take advice from me? I have no idea. Don't listen to anything I say. I would. I'm a, like, I'm literally a big fan. I would say just look at how much time you spend on each app each week. Open your screen time notification and see. I think we trick ourselves into thinking it wasn't that much time when it was. So the first thing you can do is just being mindful of the, the minutes spent. That would be my, my biggest tip if you're yeah. just starting out. That's great. And I didn't think that way. I was literally just thinking about the hours. So I'm going to do that because realistically, I story a lot. Like I have a lot mm-hmm. of stories. So I'm going to be on Instagram. But if every time I story, I'm adding a 10 minute scroll, that's yeah. like what I could cut. Mm-hmm. I'm loving this and I'm I'm feeling inspired by it. The last thing I'll say, like just as someone who does consume your content all the time, it does seem like everything's perfect. Like, is it? No. Well, yeah, maybe if it comes across that way, I need it's to be more It's not a bad vulnerable. thing. That's why I, no, 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 it's not. You're, okay. It's the like visual, like is your place always clean? Are your outfits no. always cute? No, not at all. Is I your look, hair always perfect? No, I look <laughs> cute maybe once a week. That cannot be true. <laughs> but I'll think of you. Like you'll like go to the farmer's market and like it's the cutest outfit. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't happen so effortlessly for me. But that's why I love following you. I feel like it just makes me feel, I'm one of those people who has to get ready to feel like a real person. If that makes sense. Like I, if I want to get, if I want to be productive, I have to put on an outfit. I will like put on jeans to go sit at my desk and do work in my home instead of leggings because something about wearing jeans makes me more productive. So that might be it. It's funny you say that because getting ready today, I like blew out my hair and I washed it and I curled it and I like felt amazing. And I'm thinking, why do five days a week I just have a greasy bun that kills my whole vibe? Yeah, I think showers are like a reset for the mind and body. I love. Yeah. I'm also OCD, so I have like a germ thing. A shower is a full reset. So if if it comes across like I am put together all the time, I'm definitely not, but I do make a big effort because I feel like it makes me feel productive and healthy. And that's inspiring to me. I feel like I dressed up today to be cute for you and I felt amazing. You look so cute. And then it like parlays into life. Like sometimes I think when Max comes home and I'm like literally feel like I look like a gremlin, like that affects the vibe for the evening. Whereas when I look really cute. (laughs) My husband sees me in the worst states of myself. Me too. Max has a million different names for me. What's Ratness Everdeen is when I look... (laughs) hideous and smell and then Katniss Everdeen is I think the like sec- like I don't I kind of forget ratness ratness that's so funny yeah <laughs> well Mary thank you for coming on Real Pod it was so great to talk to you thank and you for having me finally see you in the flesh and I'm out here in LA if you ever want to come back I'm so happy to have a new friend in LA oh thanks I'm happy to have a friend in Scotland <laughs> I know because I'm yeah no when I move next year everyone has to come yay thank you thank you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of RealPod. If this hit home or helped you in some way, send it to a friend, a teammate, roomie, share the love, share the realness. New episodes of RealPod come out every single Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To leave a rating or review of the show, head to iTunes and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you. Not to mention, you can stay connected with RealPod throughout the week, seeing behind the scenes info and sneak previews of upcoming guests by following the at RealPod account on Instagram. All information about today's show and guests will be linked in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. I love you guys so, so much. Let's go dominate the day. And as always, keep it real. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.